0: And we're back. We're talking about these legacy media companies, which right now, I got to tell you, are on thin ice. News today that shares of Disney are down there hovering around some nine-year low. That's how bad it is. And meanwhile, Fox, well, gosh, just in the last week, they've been struggling. So what's really going on here? That's what we want to get to the bottom of. I mean, well, you just happen to have that little debate that went down on on Fox News and, well, the ratings compared to what we saw from Tucker Carlson were rather insignificant, were they not? It tells you something. And by the way, these are two companies with two very different approaches to the future. But I can tell you, interestingly, somehow they get this in common. They've both managed to you-know-what off their audiences, right? The audiences for Disney... And the audiences or that they used to have there at both Disney and Fox, they're not there anymore. They have alienated their customer base or as you'd say in the TV business, their viewer base, much like, well, Bud Light did it's Drinking Base. Welcome to the program, everyone. Good to have you here as always. We are sponsored in part by Legacy Precious Metals. Give them a ring, one 589 560 Anyway, getting to these stock prices, just incredible. When you look at Disney right now, hovering around some 84 bucks a share, it had actually it traded down today. It had gone all the way down to $82.47 a share, which would put Disney at, what do you know, a nine-year low. A nine-year low. And you say to yourself what's going on? Like why is that happening right now at this point in time? Why would Disney be trading at a nine-year low? Well, it has to do with a multitude of things. I mean, one of which is is pretty obvious in that Disney has gotten so woke. That so many of its sort of all-American type families that would have normally been really enthusiastic about the company, they're just not there anymore. Uh, You look at park attendance, the parks business, for example, and that's really suffered. And you think to yourself, well, why would that be? Like, why would parks not actually be seeing the kind of momentum that they have in the past? Well, I'll tell you why. Remember what they did for the big pride month? Remember the big festival? They were charging some enormous amount so you could go have a pride night and a big pride parade with Mickey and Minnie. And and listen, the stuff wears on people. I mean, whether you agree with any of it or not, I'm just looking at it from an investing perspective right now. And this is a company that has really ticked off its customers, much like Fox, much like Anheuser-Busch, much like Target. Right. There's a theme going on here and people are like, "Okay, wait a second. I have sort of had it kind of like when you look at the poll numbers and you look at Joe Biden and they're like, oh, yeah, not for me. I mean, this is what's going on and it's happening across sectors in many different industries. And I think companies need to be really careful right now. But anyway, let's get back to Disney. We'll get into Fox in just a second, because as you well know, I think Tucker Carlson's departure, that was kind of like the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak. I mean, you had a bunch of them. Departures, that is. Myself included, by the way. Great that you're here. This is a live program. Love seeing all you guys. Looking at so many of... Leslie, welcome back. Good to see you. Daniel, good to have you here. G.H., Mark as well. So many familiar faces. Great to have you. Again, I'm curious what you think in terms of the similarities and the differences between these two companies, because I can tell you their approach to streaming is rather different. One is like, okay, we got to embrace the future, That would be Bob Iger and Disney. And then the other is like, no, 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 this cable business is just fine. Yeah, guys, it's just fine. You know, you're so smart. You got rid of the only guy that was actually getting you any ratings, right?
1: But because Joe Biden and his many allies, from Chuck Schumer to Mitch McConnell to Paul Ryan (laughs) and every single news anchor on all of television, all of them believe.
0: Yeah, it would be him. Okay, the guy that just did like 250 million views with his Trump interview. Tucker Carlson has proven that this is moving quicker than I think anybody anticipated. And when you look at some of the Wall Street analyst reports, what are they citing right now? None other than the Tucker Carlson exit and this sort of, you know, fury from the viewer. In fact, it it accounted for like an 8% cord cutting number. I'm going to get into those details. But first, let's talk a little bit about, you know, the potential for Disney right now. Disney to, to actually break up because... When you look at Disney right now, it is lagging behind so many of its competitors. It had two movies that came out, two movies that were basically like total busts. I didn't even hear about these movies. Like, all anybody's been talking about has been Barbie and Oppenheimer. But anyway, they had one called Indiana Jones. They got Harrison Ford back for that. And Indiana Jones, The Dial of Destiny. And then they had, uh, well, another one, Haunted Mansion. And neither of these performed. Neither of these performed. Uh, they were two films that cost uh, quite, quite a bit of money. Apparently it was $295 million that they spent on Indiana Jones and $150 million that they spent on Haunted Mansion. And people just didn't go. So they have basically, you know, they're looking at what this particular article, and this is the direct.com, is calling pretty much a failure. Because you have to make a certain amount of money, right, just to recoup your investment. So according to the Direct.com, it's saying that would equate to the Dial of Destiny, Harrison Ford's Disney movie, losing over $100 million for the studio based on the results that they've seen thus far. Look, I mean, hey, you know, you could pull an Elemental and pull something out of your you-know-what and, like, suddenly turn yourself around as Elemental did, but I don't think so. Meanwhile, they got another big one coming their way over there at Disney. It's Snow White, they're, they're banking on this one, Snow White, to, to really kind of help boost them. The only problem is, once again, they're in this situation where they're alienating, significantly alienating their viewers. They're, they're the people that like like Disney and like Snow White. And part of it's because they called it Snow White and, um, well, it's called Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. And now they've got Snow White and one dwarf, six tall people. So that's not flying over so well with people. And then you look at all the nonsense that, say, ESPN has gotten itself in with host after host after host leaving, departing, getting kicked out the door because they voice some political opinion, and you get people— you know, taking a knee or refusing to put their hand over their heart when they hear the national anthem over on the sports side. And so ESPN is getting a little bit ugly. And don't forget that whole ABC News arena and the ABC Network. That's a legacy business that has got to change. And the upside of that, for all of you that don't particularly care for this particular person,
2: not
1: to impeach Trump.
3: Yes. What bribery scheme? Yes. But I, I'm
0: sorry. I'm, I,
3: it's always, it's so different every day. I mean, you know, they're either freaking out about Barbie or they're upset about, you know, uh, Budweiser beer
4: and. Just Bud and Light. Just Bud Light. Bud Light, okay.
0: No, actually, now, she's wrong. And actually, everybody's upset about Budweiser in general. Sales of Budweiser, by the way. They have been falling, not as much as Bud Light, which are down 30% in the last week, but Budweiser, too, down about 8%. Anyway, the point is, that woman that, you know, maybe you don't like so much, guess what? She's not She's not going to be there that long. Or if she is, she's going to make a whole lot less money. Because Bob Iger, very smartly, this is the new CEO of Disney. He came in because it was just a disaster with Bob Chapek, and they got really woke. And I'm not saying the Bob's not, the other Bob Iger's not woke. He is. He is, but I think he's also a businessman. And he's like, wait a second, we got to, we got to like take stock here. So he sat down recently with this CNBC anchor and did this interview. I'll, I'll share it with you. And uh, you can read between the lines, can you not?
4: Transformative work is dealing with businesses that are no growth businesses and what to do about them, and particularly the linear business, which we are expansive in our thinking about. And we're going to look expansively.
0: Look expansively. I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm still here. If you can still hear me, that was just a little mechanical error. Doesn't happen sometimes. Anyway, he says we're going to look expansively, and when he says expansively, he says, "You know, you can." The anchor comes back and says, "Wait, does that mean you're going to get rid of some of your legacy TV businesses? Or are you going to get rid of ABC?" And he said, "Well, I'll let you interpret what expansively means. Well, I'll just tell you right here, right now. Expansively means bye bye, sayonara, see ya, whoopee. <laughs> That's what it means, really." And they would be smart to do that because the business is changing so rapidly. I mean, here we are right now and, and we're able to, to communicate directly together. It's kind of like a 3d universe where I can see what you're saying in real time. And we, we have, and it's just going to get better, right guys. Cause like pretty soon, like Leslie, you'll be able to like, join us on the show. Right. And, and, and Daryl, we'll, we'll be able to go straight to you and, and you'll be able to voice your opinion and we'll. we'll We'll all be able to do this together. Like It is changing so incredibly. And you know what I love about it is that I feel like, and we'll talk about some of the Hunter stuff, and we'll talk about the Bidenomics stuff, and we're going to talk about a few other things. That gas and flag story, I've got an update for you. We'll talk about all that. But what I love about this and, and, is that it is sort of this 3D environment, and we have the chance to actually really speak the truth. And as long as the platforms are willing to let us get out there, subscribe, subscribe if you haven't already, make sure that you hit the bell too. As long as we're allowed to sort of get out there and and meet and speak, et cetera, then guess what? They can't control the narrative anymore. That's sort of a subdivision. And we'll get to that in a second before I get through sort of what's going on from a business point of view. But I just say that as an American and as an individual, that is what I love, that we can All connect together. Yes, Leslie, I do know your opinion. (laughs) Um, Anyway, back to Disney. So shares are trading lower today. The market closed. And once again, you're seeing shares of Disney. Let me get the exact price right now. They are under pressure because this week they hit a nine-year low. A nine-year low, guys. All right, like, this is $82.47 a share. That's the nine year low. So, if they, if they can climb back from that, they're in business. People are getting a little bit more excited right now because there is talk of a breakup and they love the idea of like selling off the parts, right? Because the parts may be worth more than the whole in this particular case. You get very, very different businesses. You get the streaming business, you got the legacy media business, and you have the parks business. And the parks business, it's been slowing. We, we talked about that, right? Remember the big pride, Mickey pride thing, which, you know, didn't necessarily resonate with lots and lots of families and didn't maybe win them the PR that they had thought that they were going to get. That's a problem. You, you have the reality that they keep upping ticket prices, right? Because you get inflation, but they're moving faster than inflation and people's wages aren't even keeping up with inflation. So not as many people can afford the parks in this environment. And then you get those gigantically long lines. Oh my gosh. Like, you haven't lived until you've spent a day in a Disney line. I got, like, nightmares of those lines from when I was a kid. I mean, you can spend a lot of extra money, and, like, I, I, I'm guilty of this. I feel terrible. <laughs> a little aside here. I do feel bad because I feel like you have, to, you have to sit in those lines. But we were down there a couple of years ago. You know, like five years ago, the kids were little, and everybody got sick. The kids were, like, really, really sick, and, like, we only had, like, two days left of the vacation, and there was, you know, no way to get all the parks in unless we did something kind of nifty, which meant spending a fortune, right, on a special pass where you get, like, your own Disney guide to take you around – and that's what we did. And it killed me because I'm like, you know what? The kids need to know what it feels like. I did that. It was like a pilgrimage. My family went there every single year when I was growing up as a kid. Like all, all us kids and my grandmother in the backseat of the car smushed in like sardines. And, and we would drive to Orlando, Florida because one, it was too expensive to fly. And two, my mother was terrified to fly. So somehow we drove all the way to Florida and we'd go to Disney and it would be this big deal. And we would wait in these lines, right? But that's what you did. I'm telling you, the world's changing People don't have to get excitement on your rides anymore. They can get excitement in lots of other different ways. They can watch this show, right? And we can all talk together, and it's way better than waiting in a Disney line. Disney's going to figure out how to manage those lines. So the parks business is a mess. The rides are breaking down. The lines are too long. The tickets are too expensive. And then they get the giant, you know, gay parade for, again, nothing, nothing wrong with that. But you know what? People don't want to pay some umpty-dump amount of money to then get these values subbed down their throats. Similar thing going on at the box office with some of the movies that they have had out. I, I have not seen... Indiana Jones. I have not seen Haunted Mansion, so I don't know what kind of political message those things have. But, you know, you had a few others along the way that did not do so well, in part because of these political messages that they were trying to convey. So Disney's underperforming. When you look at sort of all the competitors, they're doing much better. And consequently, you've got one analyst, I think he's on to something. This is Michael Nathanson. He's an analyst at Moffat Nathanson. He's questioning the structure of the company. And he's like, why why do you have like so many divisions? Why are you doing so much? Like kind of pare down, focus on what you can do. Maybe have a Disney one and a Disney two. And you have two separate companies. One is Parks. And one would be sort of the entertainment section, the streaming, the films business. Already, Bob Iger, the CEO, has indicated that he's at least interested in sort of siloing these into films, parks, and streaming. Um, the, the business as we know it, consider like ESPN. This is all relevant when I get to Fox, by the way, because we're going to talk about two different strategies. ESPN, hey, that's, that's great, right? But Disney's realizing it doesn't want to be in the cable business anymore that the streaming business is actually way more valuable. And so consequently, it wants to take ESPN direct to consumers. Why does it need to be part of an affiliate bundle? Why does it need to be part of, say, you know, AT&T or DirecTV or any of these things? Like, if it can actually just go directly to you, the consumer, like, like we're doing right here. Well, that's smart. It doesn't need to go through all these different layers. It can cut out the middlemen. And it can consequently make more money directly from customers. I mean, as far as customers go, you know, it may not be great because, well, it is great. Actually, I shouldn't say that. I mean, it means that you're not going to get as many channels probably, right? Like if if everybody's going direct to customers. But but the flip side of that is you're going to get what you want because you're going to go out there and make a market decision to say, okay, this is what I want to watch or this is what I'm going to pay for. And I think that that sort of empowers the people so to speak. That's what capitalism does. You know, that's why every time they try the socialism thing, it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. I don't know how many times we have to go through that all around the world for people to figure it out. I guess they just like control. Anyway, so Disney is, uh, well, I, I mean, I just think that the only way they can go is up because at least they have a CEO who gets it. And, you know, whether you want to quibble about his politics, leaving that aside, I think he realizes that this is a company that has gotten too big for its own good. It doesn't know what it's doing anymore. It doesn't know how to do any of the storytelling that it used to do in the past that it was so known for. So consequently, the films, they're just busting out and you know, the parks are a mess. And the streaming business, if they're smart, which, by the way, they're not doing so great on that either because they had a huge loss in subs. That's what they would be focusing on right? Like, I think we can say that here together. Don saying right now, Disney has been using acquisitions to muddle the balance sheet. They've been doing that. And so they need to get clean numbers, you know, every quarter. Look, everybody kind of like is out there muddling their balance sheets, right? There's there's some accusations um, for sure uh, against Disney. In fact, I think there's a big lawsuit is you may be referring to there, Don, about exactly all those things because they're trying to make their streaming business look better than it is, et cetera. Shareholders are suing, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, point being, this company has got to change. It's just got to change. It's got to keep pace with the future. Now, another company that doesn't seem to want to change and doesn't want to be part of the future, it, that would be none other than Fox, Hmm, place I used to work. Mm-hmm. This doesn't surprise me. I mean, first of all, the, the patriarch of the company is pretty ancient. How, how old is he? I'm always amazed because they've got new stories on his girlfriends, like always hitting the, the tabloids. He comes from a tabloid background. Rupert Murdoch, I just want to look I I'm not sure. He's like 90 something, right? Let's see. Does anybody know who, how old Rupert Murdoch is? He's up there. Um, he, he he He's definitely up there. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Age would be, I mean, he's got like way younger girlfriends and what, 92. Whew. That doesn't surprise me. He looks every day of it. Sorry. Anyway, Rupert Murdoch is 92 and he knows a business and has been extraordinarily successful at that business for however many years, right? Like he's been doing this, I don't know, since he was, uh, he got his, his, his father's paper, I think uh, when he was pretty young. So many years doing a formula that works. So if you're him, you're like, why change it? Why change it? I mean, other than the world is changing very quickly very like that song bob dylan's the world is a changing anyway the world is changing and if fox doesn't kind of figure that one out they're going to have trouble but already they've indicated over and over again in fact i can go back to their last earnings call that they're not that interested in changing because they believe in the bundle affiliate business now maybe they're saying that just to keep the cable companies happy and maybe like there's some you know backroom operation where they're like, okay, now we're going to take on Tucker Carlson. (laughs) But I think, I think that ship sailed. Um, Fox is, is dealing with a lot right now. Uh, In my estimation, extremely poor management. They had a guy who basically built the Fox News network, which is the cash cow for the company, that was actually cited in a recent analyst report as well. That Fox News is like the bulk of the profits, right? So if you don't have Fox News doing so well, well, then what what are you left with as a company? And um, look, the A shares are held mainly by the family, et cetera. So you know they're like, okay, well this is this is our deal, and we're gonna you know hopefully invest our money wisely outside of the company itself and do well. Well, I I do think that without having sort of the ability to figure out what's coming next in the future, without having the ability to have a successful management team, and we can talk some more about that, they do not. They do not. Trust me. Dominion would not have happened if the place had been run well because you don't let your anchors that far out on the limb, right? And, And you don't let Newsmax become that successful, I mean, there just were a series of things that proved the mismanagement of the place. And the guy, this this is amazing. This is Viet Dean, he was there when I was there. I, I never knew him. He was their chief legal officer. He was basically like running the joint. He was like the guy that was pretty tight with Paul Ryan and he was like running everything. I'm sure he had a hand in me going anyway, Viet Dean Ding Din. I don't know how to say his name, Viet, V-I-E-T, Din, D-I-N-H. Well, he just left. I don't know if you you noticed that. Nobody really noticed because nobody really knows who he is. But he left as Fox's chief legal officer. They were paying him a fortune, like an absolute fortune to be the chief legal officer and basically was like trying to run the place. But Obviously wasn't running it well. So the chief legal officer somehow gets the company in the position where they have to pay nearly $800 million. I mean, what were they paying this guy for? Mr. Dean got quite a package on his way out. You want to talk about parachutes, $23 bucks on his way out the door. That's according to SEC filings. And Mr. Dean is also now a consultant for the next two years to Fox News and Fox for two and a half million bucks a year. Okay, so that's 23 plus five. He gets $28 million for what? For helping the company lose nearly $800 million. Let's just, let's round up here. It's nearly a billion dollars and Smartmatic hasn't even happened yet. So this guy was the guy in charge. I guarantee you he was making more money than Suzanne Scott, who's the CEO, or Jay Wallace, who's like her co-CEO or whatever, um, from New Hampshire, by the way. Anyway, I wish them no, no ill. Um, very, very nice people, but not really able to run the whole operation, if you would, of Fox. And, and I'm not saying that many people can. I mean, look. You think it's easy dealing with all these talents? <laughs> you think it's easy dealing with me, or or any Tucker or Hannity, and you got Laura. I mean, you've got a lot of big personalities: Lou Dobbs, Maria. What previous management had, and that would be under the guy who built the place, Roger Ailes. What he had was an ability to communicate with all of the talent, and effectively, you know, keep keep the trains on track. Because when you have that many big personalities in a room, you always run this risk, right? Like, everybody's trying to kind of outdo one another. Everybody wants to be the star. And I was so surprised when I when I first got there and I learned, like, all the, the primetime shows were always fighting with each other. And I was like, why? Like, you're all on the same team, right? Just naive little me, like, kind of thinks of it as one big happy place. But no, like, they really, and I get it. Like, it's television. It is what it is. You get a lot of big personalities and a lot of dare I say, prima donnas running around and everybody wants to do better than the next. And so they fight over bookings, they fight over production resources. Let me tell you, you can have it like no fun. I, I, this is a part of the business I really don't like and I, I really detest. But think of the management structure that you need in place to deal with all of these personalities, big, big egos. How do you manage that? I mean, CNN is a mess because they couldn't manage it, clearly. They couldn't manage their producers. They couldn't manage their talent. The place was just, like, coming apart at the seams. And Fox has a very similar situation. And so whether or not Suzanne can really get everybody in line, I don't know. I mean, Jesse just had another screw-up. And I'm not sure if they want to promote those screw-ups and be like, hey, look, you know, Jesse just said something really awful. Maybe we can bring back some of those people that went over to Newsmax. (laughs) Or – if they want to be very careful with those screw ups and try and downplay them, because guess what, you can find yourself in more trouble, and it may not just be the trouble that's coming from Smartmatic, it may be the trouble that's coming from even the FCC. So there's a group; it's it's led by this like Never Trumper guy, Bill Crystal, and they're they're trying to get this group together to to lobby and to push for the administration, the Biden administration to strip Fox of its licenses to broadcast on all those affiliates. So, you know, whether that's neither here nor there, I'm not entirely sure. I mean, it would be certainly a kick in the pants. I don't think Fox wants that, especially when it comes to all the sports stuff and being on like the mainstream Fox network thing. But cable, it wouldn't really matter because cable makes its decisions to, you know, have a, a network or not have a network. And streaming, it certainly wouldn't matter. But they're not in the streaming business, right? The Fox Nation thing, total disaster, lost a ton of money. They've like been getting rid of producers, et cetera, et cetera. So they have their problems. And as a, as a shareholder, you got to look at it and say, is this really, is this really making sense? There was an analyst who just earlier this month came out and downgraded the stock downgraded, you know, by the time wall street does that, you know, that like, you know, that ship has sailed. I like to point out how Anheuser-Busch didn't didn't get downgraded until like a month after the whole Dylan Mulvaney thing, after it already had lost $20 billion worth of market cap. It's now lost $40 billion worth of market cap. And then finally, one little lonely HSBC analyst came out and said, oh, you know, this is probably a hold, not even a sell, just a hold. So when they get an analyst downgrade, and this one was from Wells Fargo, it's kind of significant to watch Um, again you know, I, I hope they, you know, there's a lot of people there and I, I still have a lot of friends there and, and their livelihoods are attached to this. So for their sake, I hope the company can figure it out. I do think that it's a rudderless place without good management and without an ownership team that really cares enough about the business itself. And without caring about that business, you do run the risk of turning into just something that, yeah, sure, prints money. Hey, like, why not? Like, the affiliate fees that you're going to get from cable, those are great. Keep getting them. Go for it, like all day long, right? But you're not going to be able to pay your people as well. And when you can't pay your people as well, because you're not going to be able to afford these big salaries, apparently you're giving it all out to the legal department, which just just cost you seven hundred eighty-seven million dollars. Um, Viet v- Dean was getting was getting the big bucks. If you can't pay your talent, then your talent most of whom are pretty smart, are going to go do their own thing, right? Like, why not? Go get your own podcast. Go, 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 you know, put up a light and a camera and and start a YouTube channel. Like, talent can do that. And for those talent that have the, the sort of financial stability and ability to be able to do that, they certainly, certainly will. So I think that, You know, when you look at growth opportunities, this is not a company with one. So, Iger, yeah, he sort of gets it. Whether or not Disney can, you know, get sort of shed itself of all this political nonsense, we'll see. Fox, on the other hand, they're going to try and double down and grow ratings. But the more they do that, the more trouble they get in. And then simultaneously, they back off because not well managed. And when they back off, they make headlines and people say, wait a second, you're not my network anymore. You're not my network. And we're going into a very big election season and they're going to pretend like they like Trump. But I don't think the viewers are ever, ever, ever going to forget where they really stand. Certainly Donald Trump won't watch.
1: But Joe is really... But you don't think he's going to make it to November of twenty-five? Well,
3: I think he's worse uh, mentally than he is physically. And physically, he's not exactly uh, a triathlete.
0: Wrong one. Wrong one. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that later. That's, that's Trump talking to Tucker Carlson. That's, that's the interview, by the way, that is like 250 million and still climbing. Just amazing versus the 12.8 million Nielsen ratings. Here is Donald Trump mocking Fox's ratings right to Brett Bear's face. Awkward.
3: The best polls I've ever had. People see this stuff for what it is. It's a political witch hunt. It's a continuation. More independent voters watch Fox News than any other TV source. A lot less than used to watch it. They do watch. Those voters usually usually make up.
0: (laughs) You got to appreciate it, right? I mean, I, I honestly, this is why I think people still, as much as they hate him, they love him, right? Because he just is so forthcoming and says things that... Well, you don't expect normally a politician to say, and part of it was was what I was just showing you, remember? So again, why this is such a big deal is that everybody's coming to these streaming networks. They went over and they watched Tucker Carlson. Here he is talking with Donald Trump. And again, when you talk about charisma and authenticity, I mean, it's like he's just talking He just starts going on about what the heck is Biden doing always on the beach? It was honestly pretty funny to watch, entertaining to watch, and I think simultaneously helps him, Donald Trump, that is, come across as just, you know, like a sort of everyday guy, and they're just having a conversation. And that resonates.
1: But Joe is really... But you don't think he's going to make it to November of 24th?
3: Well, I think he's worse uh, mentally than he is physically. And physically, he's not exactly uh, a triathlete or any kind of an athlete. You look at him, he can't walk to the helicopter. He, he walks, he can't lift his feet out of the grass. You know, it's only two inches at the White House, right? It's not a lot. But you watch him and it looks like he's walking on toothpicks. So, and then you see him on the beach where he can't lift a chair. You know, those chairs are meant to be light, right? They're like two ounces. Yeah. You lift them up. He can't lift the chair. He can't walk to the chair. And I, I don't know what they're doing with the beach. You know, this beach is seeming to play a big role. But they love pictures of him on the beach. I think he looks terrible on the beach. He looks terrible on the beach. Skinny legs. Well, he can't walk <laughs> through the sand. You know, sand yeah. is not that easy to walk through. But when he walks through it, he can't walk through the sand. And there's somebody in there that thinks he looks fabulous at the beach. I think he looks horrible <laughs> at the beach. Plus, the beach doesn't represent what a president's supposed to be doing. He's supposed to be working. He's supposed to be getting us out of that horrible, horrible war that we're very much involved in with Russia and Ukraine. You could do that. You could do that very easily. I believe you could do that very... I don't believe he could do it because he's just incompetent. But that's a war that... Should end immediately, not because of one side or the other, because hundreds of thousands of people are being killed. Can you imagine? You're in an apartment house, and rockets are going into that building and blowing it up and knocking it down. And who, who can? Why, why should anything? Why should anybody? Human beings is a human, whether they're Russian or Ukrainian or whatever they are. It's got to be stopped, and it can't be stopped very easily. It would have never started if I were president. It would have never started.
0: Wow. So that's a whole other conversation, right? A lot to kind of unpack there. But let's start first with the health of Joe Biden. So an AP poll came out this week showing that overwhelmingly Americans are very concerned about the health of Joe Biden. They feel that he is too old, just too old to be president. Here's some video of him.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you Nicole, very much. I appreciate He, it. he, he just thank thank walks you, off the
0: set. Don't go anywhere. It's a very exciting he day around this. here. Um, we'll have reactions. Just Just so walks Joe right off the real, set in the middle of an November interview. And, and there's multiple, you know, he falls. I don't like playing that video. I don't want to show you guys that. But, you know, he falls every time he's going up Air Force One. I don't like it because he's still the president. And he had a, a horrible fall there, you know, at the um, at the the Air Force Academy. So it's stuff like that. Like, it's concerning people, understandably. And then you have another partner in crime there, Mitch McConnell, for the GOP. Mitch McConnell today had a really unfortunate, unfortunate occurrence again. Like, this is the second time now, ladies and gentlemen, that we have seen Mitch McConnell just completely go off Into another world. Like, I'm sure we've all had loved ones who have gone through this as they age, and we all feel for what Mitch McConnell and his family are going through. But we're also like, wait a second. Should he really be occupying the position that he's occupying? Take a look. I want you to see what happened to Mitch McConnell today.
4: What are my thoughts about what?
5: Running for re election in 2026. That's so.
0: Did you hear the question, Senator? Running for re-election in 2026. Yeah.
4: All right. I'm sorry, you all. We're going to need a minute. Senator. Penny.
0: Yep. So you can see he he's kind of in one of those confused states again. This is of concern. This is of concern. Really, it should be. Okay to his family and to him.
2: Somebody else have a question? Please speak up. I'm not
0: sure that he's quite able to do the job anymore. I'm so sorry to see that and I'm sorry to say this, but this is this is not the only time and there are other lawmakers suffering with similar situations. Diane Feinstein being one, of course. Like, at some point, you just have to, like, come to terms with, you know, you're getting older, and maybe it's time to go sit on the beach, like Joe Biden is allegedly doing there every chance he gets. It's it's not right. And, and you need to be of a certain mental capacity and have a certain facility in order to be in that position. You shouldn't be, you know, not able... To communicate properly, you certainly shouldn't be, I mean, this is, this is whole other level stuff, whatever's going on with Mitch McConnell, don't forget, you know, he fell, of course, recently, a couple of months ago and had a concussion, he was in the hospital, so our, our hearts and prayers go out to him, but we also just have to recognize this reality that, you know, we're not, um, we're not indestructible and the human life goes goes through an arc, right? And at some point, as you age like that, there is deterioration of brain matter. And unfortunately, I, I, I'm worried about him. I'm worried about Joe Biden, as is the rest of the country. I'm worried about Dianne Feinstein. I'm worried about Fetterman. I mean, we, we, we ought to have some standards and you got to be a little sharper to have these kinds of Positions. But turning back to some of this political news, you know, of course, the hurricane that came to Florida, just disastrous, the worst hurricane in 125 years. And uh, now en route to Georgia expected to make its way up the coast to the Carolinas there's going to be a lot of damage here a lot of repair that needs to be done we have no actual official numbers yet on, on any deaths uh, the governor of Florida has reported that no one has been, has died directly tied to this hurricane that there's some traffic accidents and that sort of thing but let's keep our fingers crossed that's the case this is uh, something that was a Cat for overnight hit land at 3 came down to one, now has been downgraded to tropical storm. Nonetheless, um, obviously, certainly concerning, certainly concerning. This is the tweet from Casey DeSantis of Outside the the, the governor's mansion and you can see I'm just looking at it just shocked if you're listening on Apple podcasts. Thank you make sure you come over and you listen and watch the show over on YouTube or Facebook where we are live every day. Anyway, I'm looking at this and it's just split right into and she talked about how fortunately. Her whole family is safe. Her kids were inside with her, the three kids, Her everybody's safe. But yes, this is a 100-year-old oak tree, and it's now gone. What we have seen is a pretty immediate response thus far, and that's good, from the president's FEMA division. FEMA is on its way. He has authorized the woman who's running FEMA to go right down to Florida. And so that's good. Let's hope that that we actually see a better response than what we saw out of Maui, because Maui was uh, not so good, right? Maui, it took him a while. In fact, I do recall, maybe this was like a Mitch McConnell moment. Remember when he couldn't actually talk about what happened to maui the reporters asked him he was on vacation he was on that beach you know the beach again and reporters said you know do you have any comment on maui here was his response will
1: you come talk about the hawaii response mr president uh, nothing there
0: yeah nothing there nothing there nothing there okay so if there's nothing there Um, Maybe he learned his lesson. It's it's a worthwhile question, something that Karine Jean-Pierre was asked about just a short time ago. Hear her response.
5: It seems like the hurricane response so far is robust. Did you guys realize that the initial Hawaii wildfire response was not that good? Or is it just easier for people to get help from the White House when the president is not on vacation?
2: So the premise of your question and the way you posed your question, I disagree, just for the record. Uh, So if you talk to, if you were to do your reporting and speak to the governor of Hawaii, the senators uh, of Hawaii, the folks on the ground, they would say that the president reacted in record time when it came to dealing with the wildfires, uh, when it came to dealing and making sure that they got everything that they need on the federal level to deal with what was going on on the ground. Let's not forget there were more than 600 uh, uh, federal employees on the ground already to assist uh, with the wildfires in Maui. So, your question is is wrong. It's flawed in many many ways. And I would I would uh, I would advise you to go speak to the governor and the local and state officials in in uh, in Hawaii.
0: All of whom are Democrats and like are going to be in big trouble if they don't endorse Joe Biden and his response. I'll tell you, why don't you just go talk to the people of Hawaii? I've played this for you guys before. I'm just going to play a short part, but you get the picture. They didn't appreciate him showing up 13 days after the fact.
5: He goes, wow, he's finally here.
4: Oh,
5: wow, yeah. Out.
4: Awesome, awesome.
5: Yeah, thanks for nothing. Thanks for nothing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you. <laughs> you.
0: You, you, you. you, Okay, there's a whole lot of that. You you get the picture. Like they were not that happy. They were not that happy, and that is not what I would deem a success in terms of response. But here's what's amazing: He wants to respond with money. There's estimates of some six billion dollars it's going to take to repair the situation in Maui, and he's asking Congress for forty billion dollars. Forty billion dollars to help with this disaster relief in Maui. And of course I would assume some of that goes to Florida, but here's what's amazing of that 40 billion, 24, 24 goes to Ukraine. $24 million is going to go to Ukraine and $12 million is going to go to disaster relief here in the United States of America. So just, just, you know, I've, I've said to you guys before, like I got little kids, we work on math. 12 times 2 is 24. So guess what? $24 billion to Ukraine. He's spending twice as much money on Ukraine as he's willing to spend on disaster relief right here in the United States of America. So at some point you just say, well, what's your priority? Like, why do you care so much about Ukraine and not enough about America? You know, Regardless of, of how you feel about the whole Ukraine-Russia thing, numbers don't lie. And when you look at the numbers and the money that's been spent, we have now spent almost as much money – a year and change in Ukraine as we spent 20 years in Afghanistan. Why are we spending so much money? And what ultimately I think those of us that have very inquisitive minds want to know is, is any of this sort of baked in? Like, did it have to happen? I'd feel relieved to know that none of it is tied to Hunter's old job, but Hey, we keep getting more and more information every day, including this information now from National Archives. I'm sharing with you, if you look at the screen, uh, the letter that was sent to the National Archives. Here we go. You can see it a little bit better here. The Southeastern Legal Foundation was asking for all of these emails that came from Robin Ware, 456 at Gmail at JWR, forgive me, J R B W Air at Gmail, and then Robert L. Peters at PCI.gov. They want to know what these emails really are about because it seems it's already been discovered that the assistant of Joe Biden actually used to CC Hunter Biden on Joe's schedule. Why was that happening? Like, how does that happen? Like, I don't CC my family on my schedule, and I, I'm not the president of the United States with anything you know that might be questionable to be seen, especially. When your child is running a business that trades and transacts based on the Biden name, a child who goes out and starts 20 LLCs right after you become vice president. Anyway, they found 5,138 messages, email messages, 25 electronic files and 200 pages of other stuff that are worthwhile and that we need to see. So the sooner the better. I, I understand from sources that they've been kind of delaying and there's a lot of stall tactics involved, but this actually has to get, we have to get to the bottom of this. I think just as a society, we need to know that, you know, we've locked down the hatches and buttoned down the hatches and everything is like a-okay and that there's no funny business going on. But I kind of think there's a bit of funny business going on and it's alarming, alarming at a time when we're dealing with Ukraine, Ukraine, which, you know, We've given a lot of money to and We're going to give more. I said $250 million just went for some weapons. As I said, $40 billion is what the ask is for $24 billion of it to go to Ukraine. We know the money already spent. It has been problematic. They've had to get rid of all the headlines, you know, the defense head and then the assistant secretary of defense over there in Ukraine, and they're getting rid of them. Why? Because of corruption. And someone recently said to me, well, you don't understand, like in that part of the world, the corruption just happens. Like, it's just how they do business. Everybody's like, well, what's in it for me? I got to get something out of it for myself. And I'm like, oh, okay. well, how does that make them any different? Possibly, I hate to say this from us, given that we now know, courtesy of Devin Archer, who testified this before the House Accountability Committee, that Hunter Biden was trafficking in his dad's name and making money off of it. I mean, this is not, this is not good. This is not good. And as a society, as taxpayers, we have to ask questions. We have to ask questions when we hear that, you know, Hunter would get phone calls from his dad in the middle of a client meeting at dinner. Hey, how are you? How are you? You know, the next day, like suddenly a Porsche shows up for Hunter. I don't know. Like, can you put two and two together to go back to the math thing again? And then, when you have Joe Biden willingly admit this, it's a problem.
4: I, I, I was, not I, I, but it just happened to be that was the assignment I got. I, I, I got all the good ones. Uh, and uh, so I got Ukraine. And uh, um, I remember going over, convincing our team, our brothers <coughs> too, convincing that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over, I guess, the 12th, 13th. Loan guarantees. Time, hmm.
0: and, uh, Great assignment. Especially to when your son's over there, too. ...a
4: billion-dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, uh-huh. they didn't. So they said they had. They were walking out to the press conference and said, no, nah. I said, I'm not gonna, we're not going to give you the billion dollars. They said, you have no give authority. It. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. <laughs> I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars.
0: Unbelievable. Said,
4: you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here, and I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> Got fired.
0: Yeah. Son of a, you know what. Oh, I hope, I hope your family made a lot of money out of that one. You know, it was $83,000 a month that Burisma was paying to your son, who had no qualifications whatsoever, unfortunately had a drug addiction problem, you name it, the, guy, the guy's a mess. So he's getting 83 grand. We've learned from NBC News and from other sources that $11 million was paid from Ukraine to Hunter Biden's various companies between 2013 and 2018. And we have learned that Viktor Shokin, the exact prosecutor that Joe Biden insisted needed to be fired, well, he was actually investigating the very company that Hunter was working for, including the payments that were going to Hunter. Here he is. Watch, I've played it for you in Russian. Let's do it in English with a translator.
5: Do you believe uh, that they, they were up to no good? Were they up to doing something corrupt with Burisma? Was the company of Burisma corrupt, as been alleged, in which since... ...to expand... And Slochevsky, who at the time held the post of
3: minister and was the founder and CEO of uh, Burisma, started bringing in people who could provide protection for him. Hunter Biden was uh, among them. And the corruption network expanded as a result. So, yes, to answer your question, uh, there's no doubt in my mind that Burisma was engaged in illegal activities.
5: Devin Archer said you were a threat to Burisma. Do you agree? Da. But go ahead. Yes. Yes, I agree.
0: Why? Okay, because I, I know enough Russian to know da. that means yes. So he represented a threat. Burisma had to get rid of him. They had Hunter Biden call the big guy because the big guy had the connections to make sure the deal got done, so to speak. And um, all of this is coming back to Hunt Hunter. Not because of the reasons like it should, not because anybody was actually looking into this or the 170 SARS suspicious activity reports that got filed with the U.S. Treasury Department. No, 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 no. It turns out that there was an investigation into an amateur international porn ring. Sorry for saying it. I I can't even like that's how the IRS. That's how the FBI found out that there was a problem with Hunter Biden. And there was a lot of money going to Hunter Biden. And he wasn't paying his taxes. And, well, he um was spending the money on all kinds of stuff. We'll, we'll leave that aside for a second. But they put together this nifty little plea agreement. You know the deal. The plea agreement that basically would have prevented, would have prevented the government from going after him for any illegal foreign lobbying. Well, this is all starting to unravel in a pretty spectacular way. I want to share with you, a, a, a clip here from an anchor over on Newsmax, Greg Kelly. Some of you may know him, son of Ray Kelly. Anyway, Greg Kelly has been kind of circling the wagons and doing some reporting and what he said this week about what might happen with Joe. Biden, I have no inside knowledge. I'm going to just like clarify this very, very adamantly. I don't know what he's talking about specifically. I can only imagine, but, Apparently, there's some tape somewhere of something. Anyway, here is Greg Kelly on Newsmax talking about what he's hearing.
1: But he hasn't seen the half of it yet. There is an audio tape, I am told, by people in the know, uh, not necessarily in government, not necessarily out of government. I can't say too much. Um, But there is incontrovertible evidence of Joe Biden's corruption that is about to be made public. It's not going to happen tomorrow. It's not going to happen before Labor Day, but it will happen sometime between Labor Day and Halloween. This tape will be made public. I'm not sure by what entity at this point, but once it is heard, Joe Biden will have, well, he'll have only two options. Number one, he will not be able to remain a candidate for the presidency for re-election. It will be over and done with. The only thing that mm, he might be able to do potentially, but probably not is remain as president. I am told this tape is that incriminating, and they're worried about it right now at the White House. They know about it. They know it's out there. There may be more than one, and it makes a lot of sense.
0: Whoa. All right, so that's kind of an ominous warning. Again, I don't know what he's talking about, but he's alleging that there's some tape that people are really, really worried about. And it, it 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 might have something to do. I mean, I'm just trying to deduce things logically, right? Again, this is all alleged. We don't have any inside knowledge, but important to pay attention to. I mean, I, I would just say this: the powers that be, the elites in charge, they told us, "Oh, nothing to see here" with Hunter Biden's laptop. Remember that one? <laughs> that was the lie of the century. And they, they literally lied and said it's nothing but a bunch of misinformation. So I'm curious to hear like what this tape might be and whether or not, in fact, it gets out. He apparently can't say more at this point, but it makes you wonder: Is he going to stay on as president? Are we stuck with Kamala then? Oh gosh, like careful what you wish for, guys, right? Because <laughs> you know you don't necessarily want her winning, but it may mean that he's not going to run for president, which kicks it back to. Theoretically Kamala, but we all know that she can't run for president. We all know how unlikable she is. We all know the polling data. We all know that she struggles with her various, well, well, we don't even need to go into that. Just suffice it to say, it won't be Kamala. It would be Gavin Newsom. I predicted this a year ago. I actually said if the Democrats were smart, they'd primary him just like they should have primaried Carter. Although I'm very happy they didn't because we got Ronald Reagan. Anyway, they, they need to primer him. They're not going to. So maybe this is what comes out. Anyway, you see that the Fox News, they they want to uh they want to have a debate between these two people. That would be Ron DeSantis and Gavin Newsom. So if you believe that they're trying to somehow, some way take Donald Trump out of the equation. And Vivek Ramaswamy, as, as well as he's been doing, doesn't quite have the DeSantis support yet. you got to ask yourself, is that, is that the plan? And by the way, is, is Fox in on it? I'm joking, but hey, they're like, okay, let's get ready for the, the kids' table debate. I mean, they're like willing to cement themselves at the kids' table with the two underdogs, right, that are, are not going to be the nominees unless, unless they are. Like, does somebody know something that we don't? That would be alarming, Right. But, is, you know, Greg Kelly, again, I'm not sure what he's on there, but his view is that there's going to be something up, something up as far as it goes with with Joe Biden. I mean, Joe Biden, look, none of his policies have worked. We're all frustrated with them. The Bidenomics stuff is just a joke. And simultaneously, you have our rights, right, our individual rights that are getting trampled on right and left and so it's encouraging when we have moments like this and we have little kids just 12 years old willing to stand up for their freedom of speech and the rights of all Americans. I want to share with you, this is the Gazden flag moment. The don't tread on me. It was actually a flag that was flown during the Revolutionary War era. It was the flag of the 13 colonies. A lot of people think it's the flag of where I'm from, New Hampshire. It's not, actually. But it kind of could be, right, because we're all live free or die. And that's an okay thing to say. As far as I know, I have it printed on my merch, live free or die. It's an important thing to think about. Anyway, this kid, he he put the Gadsden flag on his backpack, a little patch, It says, Don't tread on me, and and look at what ensued, and I'm going to tell you what happened after. Oh,
2: thank you. Do they know what the Gadsden flag is? That it's a historical flag. So, um, the reason that they do not want the
0: flag, the reason we do not want the flag to Mm -hmm.
2: is due to its origins with slavery and slave trade. That is what was, um, that's the reasoning behind
4: what The Gadsden book. The Don't Tread on Me.
2: Okay. Which is the Gadsden book. Okay. Um, okay. So he, he, um, he's, what's going to happen if he doesn't take it off? He, I mean, he is able to go. I was actually just telling him, like, I was set, upset that he was missing so much. School. I'm like, ah. So I asked him, "Can he just take his stuff out of his bag and go back to
0: class?" So they're kicking this kid out of school because he's wearing this flag on his backpack. And this administrator sits there and she tells the mom all the reasons why he can't. He can't wear this flag on his backpack, and he can't go to school because he's got this flag. And and her reasoning is because it comes from the Revolutionary War era, and that's a problem. Period. Obviously, obviously in history because. Well, what do you know? What do you know? Uh, Yes, they did have slaves back then. I mean, because of the period of time that the, the flag came from, even though the flag has nothing to do with slavery and everything to do with freedom and independence and getting out from the tyranny of Great Britain, you know what, we ought to celebrate that. And instead, this administrator, who clearly doesn't know her history and is trying to do the job of the district, blah, 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 she's out there saying... No, no can do, no can do. Well, let me tell you, good, happy ending here. Because the Vanguard School Board of Directors there in Colorado, they just said, Yesterday, the student returned with the patch still visible on his backpack, following the district's directions. Vanguard administrators pulled the student aside so they could speak with his parents and the district. So that happened, right? Because apparently, the school board originally was like, "You have to do this," and they're also trying to save face for for this poor woman who's all over the internet now. I'm sorry, this is the world in which we now live. It's unfortunate. Anyway. They go on. Upon learning of these events today, the Vanguard School Board of Directors called an emergency meeting. From Vanguard's founding, we have proudly supported our Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and ordered liberty, the, and the in, ordered liberty that all Americans have enjoyed for almost 250 years, the Vanguard School recognizes the historical significance of the Gaston flag and its place in history. This incident is an occasion for us to reaffirm our deep commitment to a classical education in support of these American principles. At this time, the Vanguard School Board and the district have informed the student's family that he may attend school with the Gaston and flag patch visible on his backpack great news you know what that's in part because of you guys it's in part as i began this show because of this change in media where we can see the truth in real time and we can communicate directly and so you know what and again unfortunate for that woman who's the administrator i kind of feel for her because it's not fun to have to get caught on tape and then spread all over the the worldwide web right but what happened as a result of that was justice. And that child was able to stand up for his rights and the rights of all Americans and our freedom of speech and say, you know what, we're sick of this. Like, you don't just just label everything as racist because it came from a certain time period. I mean, that's just bonkers. We're getting sick and tired of all of it. So rights are being trampled on. They're, they're making up narratives and giving Hunter Biden special plea deal agreements, and he doesn't have to pay his taxes and doesn't have to go to jail when he doesn't pay his taxes. And then in the meantime, life for everyday folks keeps getting worse, right? Prices keep going, going up, up and, and away. And this is why, even though they try and tell you this, you and I know the truth.
4: And guess what? Bidenomics is working.
0: No. Nah. It's not, it's not working. It's not, is this like a senile moment? We wish, right? He, this is what he's been scripted to say. Bidenomics is not working. We just saw new GDP numbers. There's a repre- reprint on GDP that showed that we grew at a slower rate than first anticipated. And you get that along with inflation. That would actually be, as we, we call it in, in economics, stagflation. So you've got a uh, Inflation happening, while well, the economy is not really growing fast enough to support any of it. And yet this guy, this guy who doesn't know the first thing about economics, other than I got to call into my son's meeting so that, you know, I make him look good in front of his clients. He understands home economics. Let me take care of my family and make sure that we all get a cut of whatever is going on. Whatever's going on. Anyway, here he is talking about his Two weeks great throw, we celebrated policy
4: anniversary of the Inflation Reduction Act, which in a sense is misnamed. We did lower inflation, but there are many other things in that legislation.
0: <laughs> it's misnamed all right. It was the Inflation Creation Act, not the Inflation Reduction Act. I laughed at that from the very, very beginning. It is misnamed. And no, you didn't you didn't lower inflation. Last month it was up again. And you know what? When you look at it collectively, Here's the deal. You're the guy that actually jacked it up. It went all the way up to nearly double digits, double digits for producer prices, nearly double digits on consumer prices because of you, Joe Biden. And then when you look at it in real terms and you take out all the other mumble jumble, you're up about 16%. We're up 16%. If you look at this apples to apples, Larry Summers, Former economic advisor to Bill Clinton and Barack Obama, this is not exactly a conservative, he has said it over and over again. And now we got word today that the Fed is looking to put more rate hikes into action. So as those rate hikes come, guess what, we got other, other problems, which is a good opportunity for me to to give a quick shout out, you know, to our wonderful sponsor. Charles Thorngren and all the great people over at legacypminvestments.com, sponsors of this show from the very beginning. If you're interested in diversifying your portfolio, if you think that gold or silver might be a way to do that, give them a ring, one 866 589 560 Wonderful, wonderful team. They'll take very good care of you. Of course, you can use my name. And I promise you, um, you'll 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 get a lot of information and hopefully some very good information that you can start to make smart decisions with. So again, legacypminvestments.com, you can buy and sell. Trade their gold and silver on their website. You can actually get like a vault. It's, it's very interesting. Like you, I mean, like this is this is probably above my pay grade. I don't have my own vault yet. Or, or a vault. But you can get a share of a vault. I think the way it works is you can get... You should, like, check it out. Just look at it. It's kind of cool. You can get one in Switzerland. You can get one in Texas. I think they also have one in Utah. You get your own vault, and you can see your gold, like, in the vault at any given time. Very, very cool stuff. Or you can just, you know, have a few coins sent to your house. Um, lots of different ways to do it. Anyway, LegacyPMInvestments.com. The economy is not working. It's certainly not working. And, you know, people have kind of just gotten very, very tired of this. And so they feel like their, their liberties are trampled on. They feel like maybe they won't even be able to vote for the candidates they want to vote for because apparently Joe Biden's got some tape lurking out there that's going to surface. And that may put him out of the running. So if you like Biden, game over. And if you like Donald Trump, there's obviously a lot of stuff going on where they are trying to do everything they possibly can to try and keep him out of office. In the meantime, everyday folks are looking around saying, but what about me? What, what, about, what about me? I, I know you care about Ukraine and $24 billion over there, but, but what about me? What about my family? What about my daughter who wants a shot at a, a scholarship for college? Do you have any interest in protecting her if she's an athlete? Here's the answer.
6: Education. Do daughters? Does he care that girls are allowed to compete in sports without I just, fear I, of injury? Just, Does he think it's fair for girls to have to compete against biological males? I
2: just answered the question. It is a complicated issue. It is truly a complicated issue with a wide range of views, a wide range of views. There is no yes or no answer to this. It is complicated. There's a rule that the Department of Education has put forward, uh, and we're going to let that, that Process move forward, uh, and uh, it is uh, again. Uh, we want to make sure that uh, while we establish guardrails with this rule, uh, that we also prevent discrimination as well against transgender kids. But again, a complicated issue with a wide range of views, and we respect that.
0: No, it's really not that complicated. I mean, you're, if you're born as a boy, you're going to have a different set of hormones that will enable you to grow a different set of muscles than the girls that were born as girls. And therefore, isn't it only fair like, to say, okay, you can't just decide today. You're going to compete in women's sports. I, 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 this is getting weird, like really, really, really weird. And um, it's, it's about to get even stranger because you heard about the, the kid over in the UK that identified as a cat. And it became like a big scandal because the child always wanted to be called a cat and, like, wanted to respond by saying meow. Well. Oh dear. You know, I watch these things so you don't have to, but I'll bring this to you right now. There's some crazy person out there that has a new It may not be that crazy because clearly the kid that wants to be a cat and talk to everybody with meow. I think Doja Cat did that too. Go to she went to the 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 big, you know, shindig and Winter has uh, the big ball there, the mat ball as a cat. Well, this person is suggesting that we adopt this like as a theme that it it doesn't have to just be pronouns. It can actually be nouns. What? That's it.
6: Nounself is a form of neo pronoun where an individual Nounself. will use a noun to replace a pronoun. So instead of using he, him, she, they, they, he, she, they will use a noun in place of that. Now, what noun can they use? Well... To be honest, it's really up to the individual, kind of like emoji self. Some people may choose a noun that better affects their gender identity. They may use nouns that all have a similar theme. Or they may just use a noun that they really like and enjoy the sound of or the word. It's really up to the individual. And they can use as many nouns as they want. They can use multiple nouns, just like you might use multiple pronouns. Or they may use just two pronouns to identify with or to be referred to in that previous clip i didn't mean two pronouns i meant two words in place of two pronouns so instead of he him they may use bug and bug self hope that makes sense so as i just said bug is the example that i will use so if i was talking about my friend who used bug and bug self as pronouns i would say oh me and bug are gonna go head out for some pizza bug really wants to get pineapple on pizza i don't really like pineapple on pizza but it's bug's favorite and that's an example of how you would use noun self now that
0: Oh, my goodness. Do you see this becoming a trend? I mean, I don't. But you know what? I didn't think we'd be in a position where this pronoun stuff was this crazy. And then, you know, you're suddenly reading an article in the New York Times marriage section about how two people get married. But they're both they's because I don't know what they identify as. And so it's they, there, And you're like, wait, you can't follow it because it's not grammatically correct. Hello. Not grammatically. You know, if nothing else, if nothing else. You see how badly American students are doing right now? You see the test scores are so lousy. Maybe they will actually learn their parts of speech (laughs) through this whole thing. You'll know what a pronoun is and you'll know what a noun is. Then we got to get to the verbs and the adverbs, right? We're going to reinvent everything. This is insane. And like normally I would just laugh at that and not even bother showing you. But the world in which we now live has gotten there. I remember years ago when this surface was first coming up, like in 2015, I'm like, well, this is nuts. Like it's not going anywhere, right? And and it, as we like to say in the news business, this story has legs, really long legs. This pronoun stuff is like taking everything over and it's getting really nuts. And in the meantime, we're actually losing sight of the stuff that matters, like our border. Like our kids' education, like our security, like our economy, and like our integrity, right? Our integrity as a nation. That has been severely, I believe, compromised in part because of the person that's in the White House and the family that he has. And don't tell me for two seconds that he's just like the Trump kids, that, that somehow Hunter Biden is no different than the Trump kids. The Trump kids actually had a business, a very successful business, long before their dad was ever president. And this guy, Johnny come lately, Hunter Biden, was, you know, in and out of drug rehab and all kinds of problems, bought a weapon illegally because he wouldn't admit that he was on drugs at the time. And then as soon as his dad becomes vice president, winds up, opening 20 LLCs and suddenly bringing in millions like he'd never done before and getting hit with 170 SARS suspicious activity reports from his banks, including Bank of America, J.P. Morgan, six major U.S. banks, all that went to Treasury and nobody said, boo, it actually took an investigation into that you-know-what ring for any of this to surface. It took the guy finding Hunter Biden's laptop for the public to find out about it. Here's Representative Comer. I've played this before. I'm going to play it again because he really does a very good job at explaining on Ted Cruz's podcast exactly what these 170 suspicious activity reports that Treasury got on Hunter Biden really are.
5: Who, over the course of, of 10 years. And, and how many were, were issued concerning Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and the Biden family? Over 170. They were, they were direct... Wait, you were at a bank and they issued two In, in 10 how many years? years. If, you in issue, if you had two SARs, they're called SARs uh, in, in the banking industry, if you had two SARs against you, it would be hard for you to open an account somewhere. There wouldn't be any bank that would want to uh, have you as a customer because it's not worth the paperwork. Remember, when the bank files one of these, you can understand this, appreciate this, Senator, that's inviting the regulators to come in and regulate. Okay that's the last thing the bank. So want. 170 get filed. That means that somebody's getting a deposit in their account. It's a big amount. It's from somewhere suspicious. I mean what triggers it? Why uh, you're a banker, uh, what is it that makes you say we got to fi- file a SAR? A large Transaction that comes out of the blue. So and what's had, large? So what, what is there a well, threshold? You had you had a i mil- I'll use the Robinson Walker account because we subpoen- That was the first bank okay. account we subpoenaed. Now who's Robinson Walker? Rob Walker was one of the associates that they used to uh, funnel money from China and then and Romania and then down and launder it down to the biden So I'm very
6: you proud
4: of my son.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's worth hearing that after hearing what Representative Comer had to say. Joe Biden is really proud of his son. Nothing to see here. My kid's a good kid. I mean, forget the fact that he didn't even bother to pay his taxes while his dad's out there saying everybody needs to pay more tax. You understand the problem with this? I mean, it all gets us back to the, the sort of takeover, the, the elites that are running the show, and they're making sure that they're all doing fine. But everybody on the bottom, um, or rather in the middle, I should say everyone on the bottom is also doing fine, right? It's that hourglass figure that I talk about because it's the middle there that's getting squeezed, 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 squeezed. Everybody who's like paying their taxes and doing things the right way, they're the ones that are in trouble. But if you're part of that sort of affluent, affluent class that hangs out with Hunter Biden and does God knows what with Hunter Biden, like you're fine. And if you're on the bottom and you've just come here to this country, again, you're fine. But if you're anyone that's part of the working middle class, Joe's not looking out for you, for goodness sakes. Not one single bit. No one's looking out for you. No one's looking out for you at all, which is why, you know, people have kind of had it. Which is why you have a guy like this, Oliver Anthony, climbing the charts Succeeding in the music industry That's all heavily controlled by these elites soul, as well Wonderful story He
4: gets it and and I don't,
0: don't think he's that political Because both sides are in on it guys hate to break change. it to you It's not what like we can hold up the GOP And say they're a bunch of angels like They're making money too, and the reason why Donald Trump resonated was because he was cutting through that, or at least owning up to it. Do you remember when Donald Trump was asked about taxes, and he's like, heck yeah. Like, why would I pay any more tax than I have to? I'm legally avoiding paying tax. I mean, Americans responded to that sort of authenticity by electing him. And according to new polls... They could elect him again. I want to share with you a little thing that happened just last night in Texas. At Joe, rog- Joe Rogan gets this too, by the way. Joe, and he was actually, actually, weirdly a, a Sanders supporter. I, I don't know what that was about. We'll let that one go because socialism is never the answer. Remember that. So I, it's like a bedtime story. Socialism is never the answer. Anyway, Joe Rogan invited Oliver Anthony to his club, his comedy club in Texas. And, and I just want you to see this because it was, it was a great moment. 300 pounds.
4: I'm gonna bring on stage right now. This is so fucking cool. This young man Oops. has exploded in popularity and we've all been blown away by this guy's talent. And we're so lucky that we get to see it here live tonight. The very amazingly talented
1: Oliver Anthony, everybody! Let him hear
0: it!
3: Yeah. <laughs> How psyched are they?
0: and that's it that's all they gave us that's the only video i have sorry i can't show him playing but uh all the more reason to go and support him and to download it on apple and pay the 99 cents what i love about oliver anthony is he's true to his word and that he he said no to the record companies you know where they own you again like this is all about I think sort of the individual creator being able to come out and express themselves and go direct to you guys and you be direct with us. And so that's what he's doing. And I love that he went to Joe Rogan's club and I hope he got paid well to go to Joe Rogan's club. And I I hope he's able to, to produce more music. He's got a second song out. I played it for you the other day. You can see it on my list, actually, if you go and look at all the videos. Um, Really just incredible. And incredible to have all of you guys here, too. Again, we had a long show today, but there was a lot to say. Uh, Daryl picking up on why Target had so many struggles, and and rightly so. And uh, Rick saying uh, he he wants to go home, too. I I think, I I, I hear you. You know, it's all about making sure that we as a country It's, it's gosh, it's like investing, preserve what we have and continue to grow, right? Like these are the number one rules in investing. You want to preserve what you have. You don't want to lose it, but you want to grow it. And I think we're, we're throwing away all the good stuff that makes us who we are and has made us a success and has made us have the best standard of living in the world per capita it made us sort of be the power center of the world it's the reason why everybody wants to come here like we're throwing it away needlessly throwing it away because we get a bunch of old old politicians. That's it. I really do think that's it. I mean, you talk about this elite class. They have one thing in common. They're all old, and they've all figured it out. Maybe their kids have figured it out, like Hunter Biden or Nancy Pelosi, whose daughter shot all the video that somehow was the only thing that we really got to see permeate the airwaves, all shot and edited by Alexandra Pelosi on that infamous day, January 6th. I mean, talking about trying to control the narrative— you got old people and their kids and they're all in charge and they don't like the idea that an Oliver Anthony can show up out of nowhere or that, that we can be here together on this little channel. So again, make sure you subscribe if you would, if you haven't already go over to the Apple podcast because it just helps. <laughs> it actually just helps if I have more subscribers and, and more stars and all that good stuff. So uh, if you want to do me any favor, it would be to go over to Apple podcast, the Trish Regan show Put the five stars there and Spotify too while you're at it. Might as well cover all your bases. Spotify as well. Leave a review. Do the five stars and make sure that you sign up for the downloads. It's great. I I so appreciate it. Love having you guys here. And we'll do this again tomorrow. Tomorrow. Tomorrow.